Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. I'm your host, Isaiah Edwards. I have a return guest with me. Actually, my first return guest, I believe, Alicia. Hey, guys. Huh? What's up? Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good. You had a good week so far. Well, it's Friday, so we pretty much made it's it. Friday. It's I'm Friday. It's Friday. Friday. Very happy. Good. It's Friday. Yeah, good. good. How are you? Uh, I'm good. It's it's been a, it's been a week. You know. Yeah. We're definitely marching on in. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a bad pun. Oh well. Um, <laughs> these things happen. Um, but yeah, no overall good. Um, I normally like to do a food corner. Honestly, it was gonna be a pretty stale food corner until the pasta you made. That, oh shit. That shit was really good. Yeah, guys. So I've been like day two of me making this whipping amazing you've been cooking for like a family yeah <laughs> yeah I've, I've made this pasta dish probably four times within the day that's like a, within 24 hours mama mia that's a lot of pasta mama mia. <laughs> yeah kind of need pasta this is good it was like a chicken it had lemon lemon it, fresh garlic fresh basil tomatoes were involved a little bit of pasta water you know just yeah. simple but good it was it was it was a flex i'm doing the italian hand emoji you guys can't see that but i know you feel it um doing the chef kiss (laughs) yeah um so yeah that's definitely my food corner is is that you you were clutched there because i was not really delivering i had burgers and waffles weird (laughs) shit you know i don't know if they like that um so yeah i mean that was that i i need to see batman we're gonna try to see that someday sometime soon um if, if if I can get in for a good price, because I'm not trying to pay $25 to see Batman. Oh, it's to... $18 a ticket we're going tomorrow. Okay, good. That's so, a matinee. Yeah, that's, mat- that's a matinee, dude. See, they're, matinee. They're, they're doing the reverse of a matinee now. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. They know we want to see it. They know. I mean, mm-hmm. hey, we're, we're at war. This is Putin's fault. Listen, we want an escape, a three-hour Actually, escape. And, and speaking of that, because we're going to get into the sanctions and all that kind of stuff, we're going to kind of settle into the news here. But um, I actually didn't tell you... Batman did pull themselves from Russia. They're not going to be filming well, there. Yeah, you don't get that Robin Pattinson body. Damn. No, nah, you're going to have to get that illegally. Damn, Russia. <laughs> so, no Batman for you. No Batman for you. Batman for never. <laughs> um, but I did want to cover some more um, Ukraine stuff. Um, this is going to be most of the episode. So if, you, if you're not into the war stuff, you know, I'll have some more content down the pipe. But I think you guys have kind of already kind of realized I'm doing the news. That's a big part of the news. So it's going to get talked about. Um, but there was a pop-off situation that happened um, at the biggest nuclear plant in Europe. Um, I got this from NBC News. Um, let's see. Russian forces in control at nuclear plant. Um, so essentially there was a firefight, which a lot of people were saying it was like a really reckless move by Russian troops to make this decision to go in and say, Hey, we're not only going to push, we're going to put fire on this nuclear compound area. And the response was like, Hey, we're not, we didn't, it wasn't uncalculated. This wasn't wild. Like we knew what we were doing, but like there was literally a fire that started. So people were really freaking out at Thursday night. And I was like, Oh my God, are we going to like see Ukraine blow up. Oh shit. Um luckily everything happened everything like was okay. They put the fire out. Like it was kind of a weird situation. There was like a ceasefire. They let firefighters in. They put out the fire 
and then more or less things have started dying down and um, Russia has control over it. But it's still being run by Ukrainians. Um, essentially, that's kind of the vibe that's kind of getting put out is that Russia is pushing really hard um, and they are taking places. Uh, another place they took, I got this from Yahoo News, uh, but a place called Kherson. I believe it's like a southern area in Ukraine. Um, they're now occupying that. Um, it's kind of a big deal for Russia to have this because it's another port in the Black Sea, which I do believe is part of the reason they are kind of making this whole push mm. to Ukraine is to get stuff, get Ukraine in order, get their backyard in order. But yeah. also it gives them more control of the area that they are in, that their sphere of influence Benefits is. Them, yeah. Exactly. So it gives them a, you know, a leg up and that's what they want. Um, so also kind of the same thing. Oh, also, I the town, I'm going to butcher the name. It starts with a Z in terms of where the nuclear power plant was. I didn't say that. Let's see if I can, let's see if I can nail it. Zapforisia. I mean, I wouldn't know. We'll have to ask Ukrainian <laughs> and they'll let me know. Um, Sounds good to me. But like essentially in the same situation as that town, they hit up the mayor and they're like, look, dude, here's what's going to happen. Here are the rules. Um, you're still mayor. Everything, this is still your town. This is still Ukraine. Keep the flag up. But you can't have more than two people in a group. You can't drive fast in cars and you can't leave. You're here. Um, And I imagine you have to have all your representation, all your papers and stuff. That's pretty much already a thing now. People are pretty much walking around with their passports if you're even if you're still in Ukraine right now because there's checkpoints and all this kind of stuff. And you got to be verified. Otherwise, you might get shot. So because yeah, people are living on a hair trigger right now, which makes sense. I mean. You're worried about right. Russian saboteurs and stuff like that. It's not like foreigners are in your country. You and, don't and know really who. And also too, it's who. I think there's a lot of perspective like this just happened where it's like, no, I mean, they've been fighting since 2014. So there's right. been separatists in this area, in these areas, moving around doing stuff. And now there are also Russian troops moving in. Um, in terms of other war front stuff, um, there is a big like 40 mile convoy that is making a slow move to Kiev. Um, it's believed that they're going to try to siege kind of the city, which is like a big war thing to do. Um, you surround it, cut them off from food and supplies. Um, essentially that's kind of happening all throughout uh, Kiev or all throughout Ukraine right now. Um, the story that they actually have from Yahoo news, there's a man in Kherson who's like, I have no food. The stores are empty. There's nothing here. Um, and he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do for tomorrow. I don't know what the future is going to hold for me. And that's a lot of people right now in Ukraine. And that's really the fear that's going to happen in Kiev is like, yeah, you have a force, you're fighting, you know, you are doing damage to these, to the Russians, but they're going to keep coming and they're going to come harder and harder. Um, also, they've been bombing more indiscriminately, which is war crime behavior, um, but they have like cluster bombs, things like that. They're hitting civilian areas, kind of like whatever. I believe Tuesday they took out Kiev Tower, which is like a TV tower. Um, didn't completely um, like take out communications that's still available, but it's more limited. So essentially it's making things harder. Um, I heard someone say too, this is kind of stuff I kind of got from podcasts, listening and stuff like the daily and whatnot. Um it's like, well, why why isn't Russia just pounding them? Just like, just wiping them out. And it's like, because they don't want to necessarily roll over Ukraine and then 
that's it. I mean, Putin's willing to do that if that's what it comes down to, I believe. But more or less, it's like we want to just have a puppet government in there, say, hey, these guys are pro-Russia. They're going to glad hand everything that we want and everything's going to be cool. That's kind of, I guess, the, the idea is kind where of Where is our, where, where are U.S. soldiers that we sent over to? They Ukraine? are in NATO-held areas. So like Hungary, like Romania, what, uh, what is Poland. Their I thought they were going to help the U- Ukrainian people fight. Are they mm, not over there? They they are not in Ukraine, not at all. Um, we'll actually get to the people who might be going to Ukraine in a little bit. Because I don't know, did, I, no, did no, they it, send over one hundred and twenty thousand? We sent over a lot of troops. Now on the Russia side, they had a, like one hundred twenty thousand. That's probably where you heard that number. But we sent over. Around 8,000, I believe, is the last number I remember hearing um, troops. But we did not send them directly to Ukraine. We sent them to NATO areas to kind of bolster support. And, like, if anything's going to pop off, hey, we already have people there in those areas so that they're protected. Because technically, by by the book, we aren't supposed to be helping Ukraine. They aren't a part of NATO. They did get signed into the EU. Um, Zelensky made some calls last minute. I think a lot of bravado kind of got whipped up too. So people were like, oh my gosh, like they're really going through it. And they finally decided to actually like go along with some demands, but not all of them. We'll kind of maybe cover that too. But essentially, yeah, the U.S. troops that we have are just on like standby. They're just there. We sent lethal aid though. That went directly to them. And it has been getting used. Um, we sent like javelin missiles, um, shoulder equipped kind of stuff that you can just blow up a tank with and stuff. You can literally just pop out, boom, it's over. Um, so, I mean, it didn't, has been helpful. Didn't Joe Biden, we may get to it, um, he's going to Congress for, I guess, to get $350 million to send over to Ukraine? Um, yeah, I, I thought I heard something about 350 got approved by the Pentagon or something like that. Like, oh, already? Yeah, I believe it was quick, fast. Like, they more or less sent that out. I, that might have happened around the time with the sanctions and stuff. Um, also, which I wanted to talk about SWIFT, too, because I mentioned that in the last episode. Um, what SWIFT stands for, since we it did actually happen, they did do it, um, it is the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication. Um, so it's legally Swift SC. And what do they do? Um, it is a Belgian cooperative society providing services related to the execution of financial transactions and payments between banks worldwide. That is a whole mouthful. I can kind of explain it. Okay. Essentially, it's like the, the network, the system that all international banks use and we're like us is a major part too because a lot of stuff runs through new york Mm -hmm. so like the us dollar all this kind of stuff that plays a part um and just in general you can't interact and do a lot of transactions easily without swift so like let's say hey russia has x thing and we have the money for x thing we say hey we want it they ship it to us we send them the money bada bing bada boom if we cut them off then no one can send them money through SWIFT. They have to find a roundabout way to do it or some third-party kind of thing. And how likely is, I mean, like, or how... In that... Like... In terms of how effective that is, it's very effective, but also potentially not effective. 
because it just depends on who it's actually hitting. Um, essentially, this was very targeted. Um, it was aimed specifically at Putin. It was aimed at several oligarchs. Um, and, I mean, I think some of it's kind of revealed and known, other of it maybe not. Um, but essentially, there are some things that we didn't hit either, and that's where we're also getting criticism from, because we wanted to avoid hitting their energy sector, because that's very important to us. We get a lot of energy, gas, all that kind of stuff from Russia. I mean, well, not us per se, but like European countries do. So they're way more. And there's a ripple effect if they don't get it and they need to be supported another way. I wonder, are we planning to hit their energy sector because um, they're going to be doing um, oil drilling? Yeah, it's um, speculated. Where is it? Uh, where do they normally do the oil drilling? I mean, it's in a lot of places. There's a pipeline that people are talking a about. Pipeline. There's a pipeline that people are talking about. I believe it's like the key something, Keystone. I'm probably making that up. Listeners, please fact check. Yeah, all by all means, snoke the shit out of us. Yeah. Um, but th- that's also kind of been shot down too because it's like, okay, we can't just crank this motherfucker up and then like, okay, everyone's getting oil now. Like, it's just not that simple. Um, that pipeline was like kind of out of commission, just making one, like revving one up isn't just something you just can do, but we do have reserves and that's kind of like the initial, Where they're probably planning to get there. Yeah. But I mean, people are talking like, that's only going to be a drop in the bucket. Like yada yada. So there's, there's a lot of like, is this good? Is this bad? Is this helpful? Is this hurtful? And on the ground, the swift cancellation, the sanctions and stuff has really affected the Russian people immediately. Um, the day we put that into place, they had to close the stock market down early because they were hemorrhaging losses and it was just affecting everything. It was bad. Um, I watched some footage of like some Russian people. Um, they were scrambling to ATMs trying to get whatever money they could. They were maxing out the ATM. There was no money. People had to like go across town looking for everything. Um, even leading up to it, I heard there were stories of people trying to more or less liquidate assets or, or like kind of get rid of as much of the ruple as they can and maybe get diamonds, maybe get other things because those are more tangible and you can get actual money. But I mean, there's been a big kibosh um, and that's like pretty much made things a lot harder in terms of moving, getting money, like either... Putin and the Kremlin is not going to let you do that. Like, you're not going to be able to leave and, and handle your affairs outside of Russia. And then, even if you, you know, even if you aren't planning on leaving, you can't get money. You can't do anything. Um, I've heard also it's affected a lot of social content creators in Russia. Pretty much YouTube's not, they're not fucking with you. You're demonetized. You can't make money. Like, your bank account. I mean, big businesses have pulled out of Russia. Yeah. Or have paused their sales mm-hmm. in Russia, have paused their everything in Russia. I mean, it's... Yeah. San- sanctions are real. <laughs> They're real. Um, they are real. And I mean, essentially, it's... like I said, that that's affecting the oligarchs. Some of these oligarchs are people who... And, and it's kind of vague, too, what an oligarch is. Um, I have, like, a Google uh, definition already kind of pulled up. Uh, of what a Russian oligarch is. Uh, Russian oligarchs are business oligarchs of the former Soviet republics who rapidly accumulated wealth during the era of Russian privatization in the aftermath of the dissolution of the Soviet Union in the 1990s. Uh, That's like a bookie definition. Uh, Essentially, the way I've kind of translated it, the way I kind of see it, Russian oligarchs 
are like the billionaires, the big money makers, the big shakers of Russia. Essentially, it's like an Elon Musk, a Bill Gates, kind of someone who has enough money, who comes into the conversation and it changes the conversation. Um, and those are the people we were trying to hit. Those are the people we're trying to affect because then they're going to tell Putin, stop what you're doing. Stop this war. At least that's the theory. Um, but I mean, this is, it's got people trying to hide jets or not jets, um, yachts. Um, it's got people trying to lay low. Like there's people in Russia who have dual citizenship in, uh, the UK. They're getting hassled really hard. Because it's like, yeah, it's cool that, like, you're kind of, you know, with us. But obviously, you're not. Like, your money's tied to Russia, and we're going to hit that. And so, some people are making some preemptive moves. Um, one person I wanted to kind of talk about. I know we're jumping around here, here and there. Um, but um, I got this from CNN. And it is about Roman... Uh, I'm still going to butcher this name. Uh, Roman Abramovich. Um, he's a, he was the Russian owner of... Chelsea FC um, football club and um, he is selling pretty much right after the Ukraine invasion and at first I was like oh wow how philanthropic and like the way he kind of laid it out he's like look I'm selling the team today I woke up I saw the news I saw everything happening I I feel affected by it and I just want to sell the team and not just do I want to sell the team that I've invested billions of dollars into um, he made money off of like steel transactions and stuff Kind of, that's how he made his big nut. I think he has over $14 billion. Um, So he put like billions of dollars into the team, owns a team. He's like, look, I'm not even going to, I put out a lot of money. I'm not asking for that back. Um, I'm selling the team. Take the money, give it to Ukrainian aid. And it's like, wow, dude, that's a big move. But then when I started hearing how these sanctions and stuff are working, you go, oh, well, maybe you're trying to like, conscious pilot wash your hands of the situation and kind of move on now like you don't want to get caught up in the works here like you don't like Putin it seems or whatever like you're just trying to get on and move on you know and you know he he boiled it down to his love of the game that's why he was in it for the first place it's not about the money um but people were saying he might have he should have been maybe hit harder or more should have happened you know but I mean he's more or less sold the team um I, I, like I said, I personally kind of think it, it is a good move, but I don't know all the logistics. I don't know all the intentions behind it. Um, you know, hopefully it is. But it, I also think that there are two sides to the situation that I think we're going to kind of get into with the next bit, where there was two um, two orchestras fired a conductor. His name is um, Valerie Gregiev. Um but they fired him for supporting Putin. Um, essentially, the story went, they're like, hey, man, like, you're an amazing conductor. You know, we love what you do. But you're literally a Putin bro. Like, you're literally friends with him. You dap this guy up. You say he's cool. And he's not cool. Like, you know, he, we don't like him. And you got to say you don't like him either. And he's like, I'm not going to say that. So they, right. pre- they pretty much fired him. And... um it's kind of one of those things where I feel like it is kind of a talking point. I feel like it's very common in these times where we, like, it's almost like a, I don't want to say nationalism. I can't find the word for it. But, like, it just becomes this kind of culture fight where, like, oh, you're either with us or you're against us. So, like, if you're with Putin, you're definitely a bad guy. You're definitely evil. 
But it seems like this guy like, is just a conductor. You, it's like, how can you support a murderer? Yeah, how can you support he this tyrant? But then I think, children. then you think about all the tyrants and murderers and things that we've supported and backed, but then they didn't have a nuke or whatever, so it didn't really matter. But this really does, and so you gotta say no. And he's like, I'm not gonna say that. And also I think, too, if this guy is a murderer, do you want to talk shit to, about this guy? Do you want to say, oh, we ain't friends no more? Because I... I I would have pause there. I would be a little bit diplomatic about that too. Yeah, it's like you want to. You want me to put my security at risk? Do you want me to eat a polonium sandwich? Because I don't. I don't want to die tonight. Right. I have a family. Like, <laughs> this, like what did? What, I wonder what they exactly wanted him to do. Like, did they yeah. want him to? Like, did he have pictures on his Instagram with Putin or some shit that they wanted um, him to take down? Like, what? What? Yeah, because he's. How he, did they want him to denounce him? There was a journalist they, that I don't remember when it was. They had this interview with him, but they like asked him about his friendship. He's like. I've seen Putin about six times. I, of those six times, maybe two or three, it was just him and I. But any other time, it was just, hi, nice to meet you. Him with his security. We talk a little bit. And that's it. And I'm like, if I'm, what if I met Barack Obama? <laughs> oh, my phone's popping off. Don't worry about that. Um, what if I met him and then because of my friendship with him, Fast forward, now it's like, oh, you, you you work with those Americans. You like Obama. We got pictures. So uh, you got to denounce him and all his works. Like, or you'll kick me out or I'll get fired. Or I'll lose my job. Like, damn, is that like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. So to me, it was definitely yeah, like, interesting. Yeah, lose your livelihood. That's kind yeah. of, damn. I mean, it's not like he was like wearing an I Love Putin shirt to like, the orchestra concert yeah. right like this this dude's a president like you know him like he, he knows you like you're both big deals i guess like i don't know so that was definitely something that was kind of intense um sucks for him hopefully he has a savings account i'm sure he's fine he's yeah. like a big name so i'm sure he's not sweating it too hard yeah he's probably sitting pretty yeah a little retirement um also another um a soprano by the name of anna nebretko um, she said she decided to take a step back uh, from performing for the time being. Um, she went on to say, I have, as I said before, I'm opposed to the senseless war of aggression and I'm calling on Russia to end this war right now to save us all. Um, we need peace right now. Um, and she went on to say, like, it's not about making music and performing. It's not time. So I respect that. But it does seem like you literally have to have her response in order for you to not catch heat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you have to be very, very diplomatic about this. Like, you have to say, I don't like this, but I can't say Putin's name. You know, I can't. But at the same time, she did actually call this a war, which is a big no-no from Russia State Media. They've literally gone to scrub that whole thing. And they're like, you can't say invasion. You can't say war. This is a military operation, period. Hmm. Which is intense. I mean, they're really sticking to that script. I feel like... Damn, like, they're, so basically they're wanting all of the Russian, I guess, public figures to stand up against. Yeah. And I mean, I get that. I understand that. I mean, it's like, hey, if, if this person is your friend, it's kind of like, in my mind, it's kind of like, if your friend is like bullying someone... If you're close to them and you know that they're doing something that's wrong. You should stick up and say something. You should say you that should that's the, not good. You should do the human thing. You should thing. police them kind of 
Essentially, kind of in a way, that's like, kind of the, what what the reaction. But they it want. seems like Putin is the type of guy. It doesn't matter if who, yeah. like he's going to do what he wants. It sounds like. And also, it's it's something I've kind of been learning. It's hard to put into words. I mean, obviously, we're a little bit in the weeds here, but that's okay. I, we get to talk. I want to talk. But like, Putin's plan for this, like they literally have a thing called the Russian <laughs> Fortress Plan, and essentially, it was like, look, how do we get off the U.S. dollar? How do we get off the stock exchange? Like, we don't want to fuck with this. We don't want to be tied to the West. We want to make sure that we can be self-sufficient. And they've made moves to do that. He's bolstered up his army. He's made more investment in gold. He's made alliances with countries so that in this situation, he has China. He has other countries to lean on so that he's not completely stranded. What's the name of their currency? Um, Russia's? Uh, Ruples. Ruples. They're on the ruple. Or they have ruples. I believe... Their value... Oh, it's crashed. It's like a hundred and... Uh, over a hundred to one to the US dollar. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... It, and that was overnight. Like, they were already in batch. Because, I mean... And that's another thing, too, is Russia's not new to sanctions. We've been doing this to them for a long time. It, it was kind of a weird reminder with the Olympic stuff. Um, they aren't actually competing. Russia itself is not competing. They're like a little bit of like a weird conglomerate that's allowed because they had a bunch of doping scandals and shit and they can't actually operate as Russia. So, I mean, now they're completely out of the Olympics. Uh, Actually, the Paralympics happened and they're, they had to completely just kick them out. Yeah. What what happened? Um, Uh, Essentially, they were saying, oh, well, I mean, you're not officially claiming Russia, so you're going to be okay. But as shit got worse throughout the first week... I was saying with... um, Oh, sorry. There was this girl. She was 15 years old. Oh, Um, okay. Actually, yeah. I did cover that a little bit. Um, What happened was they were... She had like a heart thing. She was from Russia, right? Yes. Um, They gave her this heart medication that's a dope... It's a doping medication. So she wasn't supposed to have it. Um, But essentially, she's 15. So like... They weren't going to actually press any charges on her. They were going to allow her to continue to compete. But the pressure and everything definitely got to her. Um, so she had really poor performance following up. Didn't get any golds. Um, I believe the one that she did win or any of the medals that she did win up until that point were scrutinized. And they're still going through all that process. Like going through another screening because they had another sample they could test. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a whole kerfuffle in and of itself. So, Yeah. Um, but essentially the Paralympic part, uh, Russia's out. There's no Russian athletes competing in the Paralympics. And it looks like they're out of soccer, uh, F1, Formula Racing, um, they're out on that. Um, I mean, if there's a sport, they ain't playing it. Like I said, social media, they ain't on it. Like, it's hard. Yeah, FIFA kicked. Yeah. (laughs) So it, it's it's, it's yeah. bad news bears. It's bad news bears. Fuck it out of here. I mean, yeah. It's like yeah, they're fucking in detention. They're not. Um, they don't get to participate. Right. Um, another thing I want to talk about. This is kind of interesting. A little bit of, in my opinion, a little. I I kind of feel like this is war tourism, but I, I got this from Vice. Um, foreign fighters are rushing to join Ukraine's new international battalion. Crazy. Um, essentially Zelensky has been putting up any defense he can. I respect this. Uh, he has called on cyber hackers to hack Russia. He's called on the 
world to, or he's called on NATO to put up a ceasefire, which I do not believe, not ceasefire, no fly zone. I'm sorry. Um, essentially that is something that sounds cool. Like, Hey, yeah, put up a no fly zone and then Russia can't bomb and stuff. That's great. That's great. How do you put up a no fly zone? And that's where it's a problem. You put up a no fly zone by pretty much personally securing the skies and shooting down any no, anything that's not supposed oh, to be so in it. He's asking the countries he's, of NATO to provide security. Essentially, for the actually area. get involved, which is why we have not done that. We will give them all the guns, but we won't pull a trigger on them. Period. Why? Because then that's actually getting involved in a non NATO country, aka also triggering potentially World War Three, is the fear. So even though it's as subtle as like hashtag close Damn, the sky, so, so it kind of it kind of sounds like Ukraine isn't in the club. So it's like you can't. That's exactly what it is. You you can't. Yes. It's it's like if you don't have a membership at the Y, you can't run in the treadmill. Bitch. Yeah, sorry, dude. Like yeah, you gotta run outside, ho. Yeah, you want the security, but that's for us. That's for the indoor. Yeah, it's yeah. for the members. Members yeah. only. Like we need you, but like we don't need you. So sorry. That's essentially yeah, the situation. But that sucks because it's they're in the cold. Like, yeah, but people are dying. <laughs> they put a hit out on that man's life and his family. People are actually dying. Yeah, like does it matter who's who's in a club or not when it comes down to a human life? And what it, are we talking about? And it turns out when <laughs> potentially nukes are involved, or maybe, and I mean, we're kind of going to get to that too. Uh, the color of people's skins. All of a sudden, these white, these blue-eyed, blonde-haired people are... How could they first, die? First how could they take an L? Yeah, what? the bus type shit. These are civilized people we're talking about, Alicia. Shit. Civilized. Did you hear me say that? I said civilized people. Yeah. You know? That doesn't happen. Those barbarians, just, no. Yeah, just, come on. So stay, stay in Ukraine today. Essentially, the situation is really dire. So this has caused Zelensky to say, look... Anyone who wants to come, we will take you on as like an international legion. So who has signed up? Um, it has been several countries. Um, I have the list here, so I'm gonna pull it up. Um, that's just crazy. It's like if y'all know how to fight, come over here, please. Yeah, basically, um, pretty much. I they said mostly Georgian fighters. I know there is someone from the U. I believe the U.S. He was a Marine. That's quite noble. Yeah, um... Or quite stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, like I said, it, it brings up the whole idea of, like, war tourism. Uh, where it's like, you're going to fight, you're going to see the scene, you get to have Are a gun in your hand. Are you signing death, though? I mean, potentially, I mean... Like shit. It, That's it, real life. I mean, you're, this, this, this is not Call of Duty. For real, but people want to play like it is. Yeah. We shall. We'll probably see all this shit on TikTok. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's people already pretty much streaming. popping. Yeah. Oh my gosh, someone's gonna like put it on their like YouTube live. Absolutely. Day in the life. Oh my true life, I'm at war. <laughs> that I shouldn't be laughing at that. Goddamn. It's hard. It's, it's like, hard because know, it's one of those things where Yeah, like I know I <laughs> laugh when I'm nervous and I know some people are like you can't make jokes about this. Like yeah, I'm like, but this is how people deal with it, you know? Um Okay, here we go. Um, countries including Canada, Denmark, and Norway have indicated that volunteers will be allowed to join the fight. 
and allowed is a key word here because I believe Japan was also kind of on the list. There were some people in Japan who wanted to fight. And they got to the point of like, yeah, we're going to get on the plane. And they said, hold the fuck up. Like literally, J- 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 Japan government was like, we are not letting you go. No. If you want to help, you help from here. <laughs> like, because they understand that involvement is involvement. And it's a big deal. Some people want to say, hey, look, oh, like we support Ukraine, but we are not putting heads on in the field. We're not putting boots on the ground. And I, I you know, in these kind of situations, I, I get that. Um, Let's see. I got one more big. That's horrible. It's kind of like standing by watching somebody getting beat up. And they're like, "Help me!" And it's like, "Well, if I if I jump in, then I may get beat up too." It's it's sad. Like so, I'm I'm hearing these like live well, footages, yeah. and they're like, "We're being we like, we've been deserted. Like there's no one here. Like it's just us. We're fighting for our lives here, and people are just watching." I heard one woman. She like more or less mic checked uh, Boris Johnson. He's the prime minister UK. She's like, "Look, dude. Like they're like." I'm paraphrasing here. Like, they're glassing our shit. Like, you know what I mean? And and what are we doing? We're talking about it. Like, I know my people are dying right now. What are you doing? And Boris Johnson, let's just talk politics. And just like, oh. I mean, I kind of, I feel like that's kind of the vibe of it on, I feel like with my social media feed, it's like people are posting the Ukrainian flag, but then also it's just like, and here's a selfie of me. Like, let's yeah. move on. Like, but it's like yeah. My favorite are damn, like my dying. favorite are they they do the the filter where they put like the flags like under their face like the little makeup. Oh, I haven't seen that. Like the little cheerleaders for Ukraine. Slava Ukraine. Hashtag Ukraine. <laughs> um, no, but for real, hashtag Ukraine. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I wish a hashtag saves a life. Um, but uh, that's one, I mean it's a conversation that we should though have it's like what can you do for miles away yeah and i i do think showing support does do something i think it helps um because one thing it's just like i feel like you kind of can't do is just like you said just like talk about it without trying to put a little bit of action behind it but we yeah. can maybe talk a little more about it but um i did want to cover because this is something like speaking of social media it kind of I don't want to say fell into my lap, but like it just like I, it's something I noticed. It, it was, um, I guess I kind of let a little bit of the title explain here. Got this from the Guardian. Um, Nigeria condemns treatment of Africans trying to flee Ukraine. Um, essentially, it's a little bit of uh, kind of a complicated situation, I guess, to maybe explain. But essentially, there are a lot of Nigerian um, students. So essentially, they're there getting an education. They're they're learning. They're doing this. They're they're shit in Ukraine. Um, I imagine from there they can take their that education back home or take it wherever. Um, there's also uh, people in Cameroon or people from Cameroon who are also in Ukraine. People from India who are also in Ukraine. So there's a lot of foreigners there, Asian, African, like different types. This all kicked off. They no one saw it coming. You know. They believed it was possible, sure, but like it's just going to be a Crimea 2.0. They didn't think it was going to be an actual full invasion. And so now here they are in a foreign land, stuck. And so, of course, just like every other Ukrainian, they're going to run to the border. They're going to migrate. They're going to flee. Essentially, the video that I saw, they get to the border. They're in Poland, like or at the Polish border, and... It's already long waits. People have already been waiting hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, days from these people to get where they're even at. 
Now they're saying, okay, the Ukrainians can go through, but you guys have to wait. You guys have to wait here. And it's like, what do you mean? We're all in the and same who situation. Are they? Like, who are these people? Like, are these like, so these are government, like, border, and, see, like, border and, and that's something that I did not get the full details on. I've kind of heard uh, different things. Was that, was that Polish people stopping them at the border? Or was that Ukrainian soldiers stopping them at the border saying, this is how it's going to go. Right. And the Polish people just let that be. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% on that. I do know, though, I heard, have heard more stories, though, where it's like, we got past the border. We're in Poland now. We can't get housing because they're only housing Ukrainian people right now. We can't find a place to live. We're still in the same situation. We need housing just as bad. So, I mean, I heard a story where the person had to go find family. They had to do more so. There were situations where they were trying to get sh- Like, people were shaking them down. Like, we, I, you can't cross. I won't help you cross. I won't give you transportation unless you give me, like, 500 extra dollars. It's like, I don't have that. I literally spent all my money just to get here, you know? Were there any Americans in Ukraine and where are they still in Ukraine? Um, yes. I actually they... heard a story about an American in Ukraine today. He was like a Peace Corps guy. Um, essentially, Americans were getting the emails and we already told them, like, you got to leave. But it wasn't the same kind of evacuation like it was in Afghanistan. where like, we are sending planes to come get you. Get on this plane. We're taking you home. It was, you need to leave now. Or don't. Like, it's your right. We can't stop you, but you need to leave. But having the resources there if they decide to. It was like... Well, they had the means, yeah. But yeah. it's one of those things where you had to say, okay, I guess I'm going to uproot my life right now, even though I don't know if they're actually going to invade. Like, at that point, that hadn't happened yet. So they're like, hey, you got to leave. You got to leave. And then people who didn't leave were stuck there, essentially. And they had to go about it just like anybody else. That's, it reminds me of like a like a hurricane type of situation. Yeah. Like you know it's coming. You have all of these signs, but then, and it is hard yeah. to you know just up and leave because where do you go? Like if something, a lot of us don't have an evacuation plan yeah. if there was an emergency and the or thing, a natural disaster. The thing is too, their plan was okay. We'll just go west. We'll just go a little bit more west. But now you see that that's not enough. What if what happens? When they actually get Kiev, if that's what happens, what happens, you know, are they going to keep pushing? Like, most likely. Like, that means you're not safe. And a lot of these people have home countries, and um, I just heard that a lot of the African countries that they're from have just said, like, you're on your own. Yeah. Like, you have to... Do- we can't help you. Like... Because that's kind of the situation. They just don't have a foothold to begin with. There's not much they can really do. But I did want to bring that situation up because I saw it. Obviously, that made me feel away as a black man. That That's a very gut check feeling to see people who look like you being mistreated. It sucks. It really fucking sucks. But another thing that sucked for me to hear and see was just some of the reactions to people that they were then immediately like, well, I don't fuck with Ukraine then. Fuck Ukraine. Like, I don't care. Like, devil may care. And it's like, I get it. I understand that feeling. Um, also I've heard people try to use, um, this was so weird and grimy to me, but like someone was mentioning, Hey, there's other wars happening by the way. Like there are people dying in Palestine. There's shit going on in Yemen. There's shit in Tigray. And someone tried to use this all wars matter bullshit. Like, like they were like trying to like dumb down Ukraine. It's like, no dude, like, sorry that you didn't notice the brown people dying and fighting for their lives every day. Like, sorry you didn't notice that famine or this catastrophe. It's just so strange. It's just like, we can care about all of 
Yeah. All of you, it. You really can't. <laughs> it and, doesn't have to be An injustice like... anywhere is an injustice anywhere. That still means the same thing to me. I don't, you know what I mean? So it, it's one of those things where... And like it's, I feel like sometimes people are making it like you have to choose yeah. what you care about. We like, have to prioritize this first. And or, or it's, it's not like, going to no, matter. It, it can all be important. Yeah, but it and can I've, all I've seen people of color do that too in their own way. Like I said, I'm not going to care about to, uh, Ukraine because you're not talking about to Gray. Well, it's like we have. They all matter. They're all important. They all deserve coverage. I know I don't personally do my bet the best job out of it, but I do. When I see something, I want to talk about it, and I, I try to get it out there so at least hey, someone else knows about it, or someone else is looking into it too. And hopefully we all know a little bit more and maybe like that helps because at least exposure is something. Um, but I mean, it's definitely a shitty situation. My heart goes out to all the people involved in Ukraine everyone going through conflict right now. I mean, this shit sucks. We have such a privilege living in this country where like we really just have surface problems, you know, like money and our, our general health. Like we don't have to fight for our lives every day. I mean, yeah, metaphorically, or yeah, like, we might be in an impoverished situation, but, like, I don't know, it, it could be way worse. I think seeing these kind of things has definitely always opened my eyes to it, and that's why I like to keep talking about it. Um, but, speaking of racism and shit we have to go through, that does kind of lead us to our final uh, news bump. Um, I wanted to, I got this from CNN. Um, Ex-officer Brett Hankinson was found not guilty of endangering Breonna Taylor's neighbors in a botched raid. Um, boo. Boo. Boo this man. Um, boo uh, all those boo cops involved. Boo the judicial involved. system, too. Yeah. I mean, it's boo like, no-knock raids. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, like, why do we still have those? Yeah. I mean, essentially... That shouldn't be a thing. It's, it really shouldn't. Like, at the end of the day, if you're doing a crime and you guys are the law, just announce that you're the law and you're here to stop the crime. I don't really feel like that's hard. I don't think that's crazy. Like, I understand we're talking to like El Chapo or something like that. But you're you're not a cartel. You're not busting a cartel. You're- but in the situation of Breonna Taylor, they she wasn't it the wrong apartment? Yeah, they got the wrong spot, and they thought this was the right spot. And we're not gonna check because this is a no knock raid. So we're not going to announce ourselves. We're just going to bust in. And naturally, they think an intruder is here. So the boyfriend, he got a gun. He got his. He had his gun. And you should. You have a right to protect he had a, yourself. He had, one had a right to, to protect yourself legally. That's the amendment. Plus, he literally had a. He had a permit. So the, he was doing nothing untoward. Um, they shot. He shot. They were afraid. Yeah, yeah. They were being shot at, but what do you expect if you're shooting someone? Right, because and that and that was Brett's defense. This was Hankinson's defense. Was like, look, this is line of duty stuff. They, my 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 coworker, my officer got shot. I thought I was getting advanced upon, so I'm firing. I just kept firing, and it's like not only now he wasn't the one who shot um, Brianna. I believe it was Cosgrove who did one of the other officers, but. Hankinson was a, one of the people who was shooting, not thinking that you're in an apartment complex shooting through thin walls, which I'm like, I get it. You're in the line of duty, but why aren't you thinking about the duty you are doing? Because yeah. I, I'm sorry, when I'm playing Call of Duty, I remember that these guns go through walls. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. so like, I, I, in hearing the perspective of the family in this was, was really intense too. Cause you're thinking, oh my God, you have a five-year-old kid. And, and, and you're being woken up by bullet fire. 
Like, wow. Like, what the fuck? I did not know that. Yeah. There was... Well, yeah, of course. Like, so the neighbors, like they, because yeah. this was this was not about Brianna. This was about the neighbors. Like, so the neighbors they weren't harmed in any way. No, but they but, were obviously in danger. Mm-hmm. They got shot at. So I mean, it's just something that had to get hammered out. Essentially, he was only going to get like at the very worst like five years. But like, nah, they wouldn't even give him that. So at least these guys aren't on the force anymore. Good yeah, for that. That's good, at least. You know, at least you... Because, I mean, like that's kind of irresponsible. Yeah, it's a little loose, you know? I think, I mean, if you have anyone who has a job, you you have a, a responsibility to do it well. Yeah, if, if, if part of the protecting is protecting, you yeah, know? and not putting people... That comes with Like, you're service. kind of doing what's opposite it's of It's counterintuitive. Yeah, it's a little like... Bit. It's not, kind of not your job to you terrorize, know. but... What else? Yeah, this is a podcast. We, 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 we don't know. This, this might not even make sense. Who? Whatever. You tell us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's essentially all we got. Um, Alicia, I don't know if you want to do any plugs or any you know, closing statements. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram at Alicia by Nature. That's A-L-E-I-S-H-A by Nature. Boom. Speaking about Ukraine... Um, and assisting just the people of Ukraine at this time. Like you said, I mean, there's no imports. They're not bringing in food. I mean... Oh, actually, no, good point. Good save. This is why it's good to have a good special guest. They are trying to do um, a thing, and this is actually, like, one of the few humanitarian things, the hashtag or quotations here, uh, green corridors. So, essentially, humanitarian lanes in cities and stuff so that they can get in food, get in support. Are they doing that now? They're, they've approved it. Both sides have come together for that. Not a full ceasefire, but at least enough for humanitarian aid to get through. So hopefully there huh. people are going to be able to get some help in cities and stuff right now who are like starving and don't have food right now. Also people who are displaced because there's already over a million people displaced currently. They're estimating on a low ball 4 million by the end of this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a low ball. So... She's rough. She's but you tough. can catch me at Alicia by Nature <laughs> on Instagram. Like I was saying, um, if you go there, um, in my bio, there is a link uh, for Support Ukraine. Support Ukraine with Care, which is a company. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. One of the streamers I watch actually is doing a big donation match for that. Yeah, CARE has launched an immediate crisis response to reach 4 million Ukrainians with emergency aid like food, water, hygiene kits, and more. CARE Org is prioritizing the needs of women and girls, the elderly, and families. It's really cool. So you can donate to this fundraiser through this link to support Ukrainians at risk, fleeing violence, and in the need of emergency aid. Uh, Every donation counts. If you can't donate, share this to your story. Um, so you can also put this link in your bio. Um, currently, CARE works for over 100 countries and reaches more than 90 million people through 1,300 projects. So they do a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to really see this happening. So, I mean, donating even a couple dollars, I know it. It made me feel a little better. And also, too, I like that this isn't to a, the military. You know, I think that's a big thing it's for people. people. It's directly to the people. That's impacted. really something that I think that's important to know. You already are giving to the 
period, you've already donated technically to Ukraine because our tax dollars gave them those stinger missiles and stuff I mentioned. So tax dollars have already gone to that. But to actually help the people directly. For the food, the yes, hygiene The kits, things that the they really do need to live and survive right now. Day by day. That's the donation that you want to make. I do I do agree yeah. and believe with that. So, yeah. And like I said, if you can't donate, just share it on your page and maybe... Um, have other people donate. So it's really cool right now. Their um, uh, donation goal was uh, $575,000. Right now they're at $576,199.38. Uh, so they oh, passed yeah. their goal. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, but they're still. Oh, definitely still. Experiencing this is a black hole type situation. It's a daily thing. So. I heard Putin is blowing billions of dollars a day on this war. So that's just on that side of the fence. So definitely. Um, A less noble endeavor. You can give me money. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Um, So there's Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Um, This is where we do the shout outs. Believe it or not, I've had a shout out this whole time and I'm a piece of shit and didn't know. (laughs) Um, So shout out to Stephanie Mills. You're officially Queen Newsy because you've been you've been donating for a very long time and I did not know and I'm so sorry. Um, You're the best. I'm going to be shouting you out a lot now. And um, thank you so much. I appreciate the fans. I appreciate the love. I do this shit for myself because I have a big ass ego, but also I'm glad that you guys are doing it with me. You guys are listening and giving feedback. That means the world to me. Um, the money's just icing. Um, but also, I have an Instagram. That's Isaiah News. Um, Isaiah underscore News is the Twitter. Isaiah News 1 is the Facebook. And I, what is it? Isaiah News 1 at gmail.com is the Gmail. If you want to give me that direct email shit, you want to get sleepy in Seattle with me, hey. sleepless. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not Tom Hanks. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. Alicia, thank you for being here. Absolutely. And um, it's been fun. And um, hopefully I'll see you soon for some more good news. Love ya. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.